sunlit world of what he believes to be reality. But there is, unseen by most, an underworld, a place that is just as real, but not as brightly lit. A dark side. Welcome to the second episode of Talks from the Dark Side. Uh, today we're talking about the second episode. Technically, it's the first episode. And that's The New Man, with an air date of September 30th, 1984, directed by Frank De Palma, and uh, written by Mark Durand and Barbara Owens. So um, this director, um, Frank De Palma, he actually did a few Tales from the Dark Side episodes, so... We're going to be covering a few of these that he's done. Oh, yeah. And then also uh, also did a Monsters episode, too. Yeah, he sure did. He directed some of the 90s Land of the Lost ones, the uh, the Kyoto Brothers ones. Oh, I forgot about those. Yeah, man, they need to release those. I fucking love that show as a kid. Um, are the other episodes as fucking surreal and weird as this one? Because this is a very, very strange little short story. Well, you got that flavor, brother. That's what we were talking about. You got a mixed bag of stuff. This is like... Um you know, th- th- for this one, it's more like a supernatural kind of Twilight zone type episode. I would definitely agree. <laughs> but is it? <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's like every time I go to like think about this episode, because Joe, me and you quote this, like we've been quoting this for years now. For years. But uh, every time I go back to, you know, think about this episode, I always remember it as more hokey than it actually is. But watching it again, I watched it before, you know, we're recording this. This is, it's not hokey at all. No. And it's like, I don't know why. I think it's just, you know, a few of the episodes get a little like muddy in my memory. Mm -hmm. So it's like this one, I kind of confuse with a couple others, but going back and rewatching this, I mean, we've, we've each seen this a few times. Oh yeah. But, uh, this one is so good. Uh, it's, it's written so well and it's real, it's acted really well too. Um, and like you said, I mean, it is super serious. I mean, if you want to, if you want to get like, if you want to poke holes in it, you can obviously just like with anything else, but, um, it's got some heavy overtones this episode for sure. Yeah. And it's like, uh, going back into it and it's like, I don't know what I was thinking or it's like how I got this confused with another episode. (laughs) What did you (laughs) think it was? (laughs) I, I actually don't remember. But it's like when I, when we like talk about this, you know, outside of this, uh, you know, recording and stuff, it's like, it's, it, I think it's just my memory of it is just like muddled up with the, all the other ones. So what are some of these quotes you guys are always firing off? Maybe I might've heard you say it and didn't make the connection till now. You know, it's like nothing like, it's just the, the Jerry line. Yeah. The, the the thing the kid says. Oh, (laughs) I can see it. (laughs) It's either, uh, I'm Jerry, dad. Good night. Or, um, (laughs) or I don't have a son named Jerry. (laughs) Yeah. Just these, these throwaway lines just like stuck with us. Sure. And, uh, I think maybe it's because we quote it so often that it's just like, it gets funnier every time I think about it. Oh yeah. But there is like no humor in this episode. No. Um, I found it to be I found it to be so dark that it was kind of hilarious at times. Yeah. I, I think there's a little bit of humor there, a little dark humor, especially at the end, but uh you're absolutely right. You know, I, I said on our first episode, because I really didn't know anything about this, that I got a vibe from that pilot. Uh, is this for kids? And I think Joe, you were like, nah, nah, you're, you're, that's it's not at all. And this first, ep- this first official episode really paints that picture deeply. Oh yeah, 
Uh, it definitely has a smirk at the end there, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that creepy smirk. Yeah, so I guess we could just jump right into this. I mean, we went into a huge deep dive in that first episode, and if you have not listened to it, I suggest you go do that before you, you get into this one, because, uh, you know, we're going sequentially, and you can get the whole backstory to uh, the, 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 the series itself, so, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, this opens up, uh, or it, it, wait, do we want to plot crunch this real quick? I feel like this show's already such a small format, we might be better off just kind of going into it. I also feel like if you plot crunch this, like, the the more you say, the the, the less impact that reveal has. Yeah, I guess you're right, I guess you're right. <laughs> well, we, op- okay, so we open up uh, in this real estate agency, um, and we're, we're introduced to Alan Coombs, who's played by Vic Tabak. And he's been in a fucking shit ton of television, like Star Trek, the Mission Impossible series, uh, Bewitched. He was fucking Carface and All Dogs Go to Heaven. I mean, oh, the, list, man. the list is incredible uh, of, of his work. Uh, all in the Family, all kinds of shit. I mean, you can look him up. The big thing is, so technically, like I said in the beginning, like this is technically the first episode. And I think that's kind of neat because... He's also in the very last episode of of this series, uh, Basher Malone. So it's kind of neat that he's like right in the beginning and then like right at the end. He bookends it. Yeah. It's like poetry, it rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the coda, yeah. I like this opening quite a bit because you don't really know. I mean, I guess Joe and Chris knew, but I wasn't really sure who the main player was at first here because it's like, okay, is it this boss? Is it the guy making the deal? Right. Obviously, we find out who, but I, I kind of like that dynamic. Yeah, so this guy, Alan Toombs, uh, or Alan Coombs, <laughs> what is it, the fucking vulture? What am I talking about? <laughs> Alan- <laughs> it is. It's canon now. Yeah, exactly. He gets drunk and goes and fights Spider-Man. No. Yeah, you're the shocker now. <laughs> Ooh, the the shocker. All right. So, um... So Alan Coombs is at works for this real estate agency, and he's just doing a super super good job. And his boss uh, is basically like, "Holy shit!" He's like, "You closed fucking three deals, and fucking you got one on the way." But he's like, "Hey, w- what do you say we have a drink? What do you think?" And he pours two glasses of whiskey and like brings it over to him. And uh, he's basically like, he's basically like, ah, no, no, I I I don't drink anymore. Whatever, I uh, you know, I'm on the wagon or whatever. And he's like, geez, you're going to make me drink both of these myself? So this is the first part of the the episode that gets weird, right? Because he says, waste not, want not, and drinks one glass, but then pauses and stares at Alan for a second. And it's this awkward pause, and you're not sure exactly what's going on just yet. And then he takes the drink. And then... um and then, yeah, his, so <laughs> he goes to leave, and uh, we're introduced to Jerry, who's Chris Herbert, by the way, for, and he's from uh, The Last Starfighter, um, and he's in Toby Hooper's Invaders from Mars, the, the Small Wonder TV show, and um, the Mick Garris classic Fuzz Bucket, which we've talked about a lot on, on Movie Dumpster, but... Um, he like passes him and he's like, "Hey, do you do you know my dad, Alan Coombs? I'm gonna go pick him up from work." And he's like, "He's right in there, kiddo." And uh, now begins the the catharsis of this episode because Jerry goes up to to Alan and he's like, "He's like, hey, Dad, I came to walk you home. How you doing?" And Alan's like, "Who who the fuck are you?" You're not my son. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, are you mad at me, Dad? I just want to walk home with you. He's like, I, what, kid, what, are you mixed up or something? You keep talking like I'm going to take you to the fucking police station. If you keep saying this shit, I'm going to take the belt off. 
Don't test me, kid. Well, you get a little bit of it here too, because he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, don't worry, Dad. We don't have to go there anymore. Right. And you're like, what? And you're like, what's the deal here? What's going on? Yeah. Then it gets weird. Then you're like, wait, what? What is this guy's problem? Like, what happened to him? Uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Like, what's the deal? Like, and then you, and then you already get that Twilight Zoney kind of vibe. He basically, so he takes the kid down to the police station. He's like, we're gonna sort this shit out. <laughs> And that's it. And then that's it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, keep doing, keep this up. We're going to the police station. Hard, hard cut. <laughs> I, I just like, like that. Yeah, there's like got to be some like, it, like you know, in imaginary land of like a slam cut to him just driving away, going like, jeez, that was weird. Like, <laughs> what a fuck, what a fucking weird kid. Yeah, brushing his hands off. <laughs> oh yeah. There's just a pillowcase in the back that's all bloody. Yeah. It's about his size, Jerry's size. His super kid shirt. <laughs> yeah. I got to make that fucking shirt, man. So then he gets home and he's all proud of himself like, oh, what a day. I hope my wife's making dinner. <laughs> oh, dude, real quick. Again, like Chris said, like we've watched this a ton of times. This is the first time that I noticed. So we cut, so we cut from that scene right to the house and the phone rings. And there's a chalkboard right next to the phone, and from what I could make out, because these episodes are 4-3, so you can't see the whole frame, uh, there's a chalkboard, and it says um, it says something like, Eddie called for Jerry, call him. Like, it says Jerry on the fucking chalkboard, like, huge. And I just noticed that on this watch. Anyway, so uh, she gets a call, uh, and she picks it up, and it turns out it's the fucking police, and Jerry is down at the police station. <laughs> Someone brought us your kid. <laughs> just walked away. Hey, uh, yeah, we got we got your kid here. Uh, you want to come pick him up? Yeah, can you, and she's like, oh, Jesus Christ, can you just drop him off? All right, bye. <laughs> yeah, oh, not again. <laughs> this is the, not only the slowest department, or excuse me, this is not only the slowest police department, but also the fastest, because like I said, dad gets home while she gets this phone call. And while dad's about to sit down and, and kind of get into it with her, they bring him home. Like, what is this? What do they got? Doc's fucking uh, DeLorean? Hey, it might be down the street. Who knows, right? Maybe. Next door, apparently. We're also introduced to Petey, who's like his older son uh, that he acknowledges that he has. <laughs> and that's he's played by Billy Jane. Not my lover. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Or Billy Jacoby, depending on what the fuck IMDb says. But he's he's the fucking kid who shoots everybody in in Bloody Birthday. He's always he's got the revolver, um, and he's the brother and just one of the guys. And uh, he's actually the kid who owns Cujo in Cujo. Yeah, he's like one of those faces who's like you know you've seen him, but like going through the IMDb page, it's like oh yeah he was in that oh yeah. In that. He's, I didn't know he, I couldn't remember, but he's, he's fucking in Dr. Alien and of course, uh, the classic demon warp. Yeah. There's a lot of like through this whole series, we're going to be finding people who are like popping up in all sorts of different movies from around then. Yeah. And, uh, you know, smaller productions, you know, a lot of the, uh, like you said, Dr. Alien, a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It all fucking cross pollinates in this, in this, uh, series. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, so, so Alan comes home and, um, his wife's like, talking to Petey, and Petey's like, Where, where's Jerry? And she's like, well, I don't know, we'll ask your father. And he's like, what? Ask me what? He's like, why you took Jerry to the fucking police station? And he's like, huh? And he's like, oh, that mixed up kid? He's fucking crazy. He said it was his dad. Yeah. Oh, that loony? Yeah. I dropped him off at the police station. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, what did that look like when he went into the police station? Like, hey, this kid's not my kid. He keeps saying he's my kid. And Jerry's like, but 
dad, what, what, why are you taking me here? And the cops just take the kid against his own, like, wishes. Right? (laughs) They just take the whole thing at face value, like, sir, can you you answer some questions? No, he's your problem now. He just fucking hits that spinning door and walks away. (laughs) And and they let him leave, right? Seemingly so, yes. Like, they let Alan just walk out the fucking door. They let him get home, like I was saying. Yeah. And the kid's like, you know, uh, the uh, the other brother, Petey, He's, like, just shaking his head, like, oh, not again. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. There's, like, a part where uh, Alan's like, hey, PD. He's like, oh, who's the, who's the dinner guest? We got an extra chair. What is that? Are your girlfriend? He's like, yeah, that's hilarious, Dad, you fucking drunk asshole. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good joke. He's like, oh, don't talk to me like that anymore. Don't nobody talk to me like that. And then uh, his nemesis walks in the door. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Don't ever call me that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, why did he? She's like, why is he here? And he's like, since when did parents start inviting their kids to dinner? You jerk off. And the kid just looks like a like a puppy dog. Yeah, this kid is uh has a great time turning this guy's life into a fucking nightmare. He is never frowning. He's constantly like, "Hi, Dad. How you doing?" Today? <laughs> Completely unfile un- unfallible. Kid in quotations, by the way, as we'll uh, get to as we progress into the rest of this. Could be Satan. We don't. Don't know. It's the brother of the uh, the demon from uh, Demonic Toys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could be. Oh, that's a hell of a theory you got cooking there. Just don't let uh, Charnetsky get any wind of that. This is such an it's such an awkward scene because he's like he's like he's like oh okay fine he can have dinner with us or whatever but let me in on the joke who is this kid I don't get it and they're all looking at him like he's fucking out of his mind. <laughs> yeah, and the family they actually played off like really well. It's uh like they're actually confused and he just gets keep keeps getting like angrier and angrier. Yeah, she's like asking Jerry like uh what was he like in the office and stuff and Jerry's like I don't know. There was a big there was a strong smell and I was thinking he's like what did you think Jerry, huh? What 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 did you think? What's happening? And he's like I thought you were drinking. And he's like, ah, that's insane. I haven't had a drink in a year. Yeah, it gets all defensive. I'll kill you where you stand, boys. <laughs> You're lucky I don't bite your fucking head off, kiddo. <laughs> Real quick, we missed it, but Sharon is, um, I needed to bring this up, but Sharon is Kelly Jean, and uh, we know her from uh, Jack Frost, fellas. She's the woman who got her fucking head stuck in all the ornaments and then strung up on the fucking tree. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, shut up. That's yep, her? That's her. Wow. She got the Marv Merchant special. Yeah, she sure did. She's the worst death in the movie. <laughs> I, yeah, she had all those ornaments in the mouth and him slamming her head shut. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there's just some bone-chilling-ass fucking, like, really awful uh, dialogue in this. Like, And awful by awful, I mean, like, just, like, dramatic dialogue because he's like, oh, I'm sorry, Dad. He's like, don't you ever fucking call me that again, you little shit. He's like, I'm not your dad. Just keeps pushing it. It's like a ping pong game of gaslighting. It's just like one side of the house is just telling the other one they're crazy. (laughs) Right? Like, yeah, that's kind of like where this is going. And the fun thing about this one, too, it's like it kind of puts you all over the place. It's like on one hand, you feel for the dad where it's like, what's going on? Like, you know, you're just as confused as he is. But then you feel for the kid. Yeah. Put yourself in that kid's position. It's like. You're a little kid and you get home and your dad's like, I don't have a son. <laughs> I disowned about? you over the incident. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go to the police station. <laughs> exactly, Chris. This is kind of like the part where now you're getting now you're getting the full kind of scope of the story. Like Alan was, oh, yeah. was an alcoholic and they had to move they've been moving from town to town, rebuilding their life every fucking time because this guy has been like just drinking them 
not only himself into oblivion, but like destroying his family while he was at it. Cause she, like the mom mentions like, you know, oh, it's so nice to have fresh salad and, and not have to buy from the grocery on credit and shit like that. Or I didn't have to steal it this time or anything like that. Yeah. Not don't have to steal it this time. It's like, so there's a whole backstory here. And dad, dad is like losing it when his wife starts like telling him off about that. Like saying, we can't keep doing this. We can't like, you know, five different jobs a year. He's like literally like grabbing his head and like just about ripping his hair out. His hair, by the way, this actor and the makeup department really just sold the way he kind of spirals with the way his hair just slowly and sporadically just spikes up by the end of this. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he gets disheveled within five minutes of, like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And she basically, uh, you know, Sharon basically is like, look, you can't do this to us again. Like, she sent, Petey goes to his room, she sends Jerry to bed, and she's like, I'll bring dinner up later. She's like, you you can't fucking do this to us again. She's like, you said, you know, that, that you know, that was the last time when, when, uh, you know, you went on that fucking bender or whatever. And he's like, that was the last time. I'm, I, you know, I'm not drunk. You want me to walk a straight line into the kitchen? She's like, then what the fuck is your problem with Jerry? He's like, don't talk to me about any Jerry. I don't have a son named Jerry. You show me that boy's birth certificate, he says. Yeah, grill the kid where do you go to school uh, what's your blood type <laughs> where, where, where's your bus pick you up? <laughs> yeah yeah we, where were you born what's your birthday you know it's that thing where like they could have just like she could have just solved it by like, being like here's this birth certificate right but the fact that like they've been through this shit so many times and through all of these awful harrowing experiences with him and his his addiction she's just like fuck you i'm not entertaining a goddamn thing that you're saying and then it just keeps escalating yeah it's like she's yelling at him he's yelling back and it just keeps getting worse and worse we cut to the next day and jerry is having fucking cereal and alan comes downstairs and he has like a fucking a 24 hour o'clock shadow because he he looks like he's been on a fucking bender for four days maybe jerry is actually a demon who just saps off your life force like and then he's an energy vampire yes we're gonna get to the theories at the end oh yeah oh yeah i got a couple yeah there's a bunch yeah but that's one of them (laughs) shit man alan sits down again this is another one of those kind of unspoken things that really delivers the weight of what's going on here he sits down and he takes jerry's fucking cereal away from him when he's eating it and sharon's got this look on her face like she's scared shitless like what is this guy gonna do next right like he's done some crazy stuff in the past and then he starts grilling him like chris said like what do you go to school why ain't you on the bus what's your birthday yeah (laughs) yeah slides his cereal away like real slow dramatic (laughs) like what is that even supposed to mean as he's eating it's like no (laughs) should have thrown it across the room (laughs) and you better not spill any fucking milk off that spoon while i'm talking to you but yeah like connor said too jerry's so like up to be like yeah dad i i was i'm a person i really am do you love me yet (laughs) (laughs) i'm a regular human baby child (laughs) i'm your human son jerry i'm I'm your human son jerry dad good Good, night good night I just I just want to say one more thing. We skipped the part. He goes up to bed that night before he cuts to the morning, and he's oh, like right. he's like up in Jerry's room, but he thinks it's Petey's room, and there's no dialogue here except for the end part. And he's like looking around, and he's like, "What?" It? He's 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 got this like mystified look on his face. Like, what is all this like little kid shit? Like, Petey is like. 17 like why does he have all this shit and he goes over to the bed and he's shaking the kid and he's like Petey he's like wake up Petey and then uh, Jerry turns over and and the classic uh, 
I'm Jerry, Dad. Good night. Line he he delivers, and it's fucking great. Oh yeah, with those dead eyes. Yeah, <laughs> and he smiles. This fucking zoom in of his face. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So after he's done grilling his son over the cereal, he goes and stumbles into work. He's like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm late." And his boss is like, oh, uh, yeah, okay, that's fine, you know, but you're not really late, like, where have you been the last two days? He's like, huh? You've been gone two days. He's <laughs> like, L- late, Alan? Imagine being two days late to work. <laughs> I know, <laughs> just not showing up? <laughs> Sorry about that. Man, showing up after two days is like the ballsiest fucking thing to <laughs> Yeah, right? Power move. That's a George Costanza move if I ever saw one. To top it off, he just looks like shit, like his hair's all oh, fucked yeah. up, his fucking shirt unbuttoned he's got fucking stains on his shirt and shit i was uh kidnapped by aliens now leave me alone uh and he and he has the balls to just walk in and be like oh yeah uh i'm gonna get right on that thing that i told you about and he's like what the fuck are you talking about that was three days ago asshole he's like he's like you can't patch this up you're not gonna sell this fucking house yeah, you're not in the shape to handle this. Well, yeah, Chris, because then he, like, looks down at his buttons, and they're, like, all, like, un- undone and shit. <laughs> yeah, he's a total mess. Yeah, and his his boss is already super pissed at him, and then the phone rings, and it's his wife, so it's, like, more bullshit with this guy. I could just fire you. I'm not sure why I'm milking this moment here. It's your wife, Alan. Any, any more bullshit you want to lay on me today? You going to fix what you got to do or what? <laughs> <laughs> you want a drink? <laughs> yeah. I might be a satyr or something. It's not really clear. That's in a different episode. We'll get to it. That's a whole nother series. Wait, we'll get there. So he picks up the phone and he's, you know, he's trying to basically, you know, you know, the whole thing is, you know, you guys are saying he looks disheveled. He's supposed to look like he's a drunk mess. And and he's like trying to collect himself. Yeah, no, for sure. Like he's been on a bender for fucking five days. Exactly. And then he gets on the phone with his wife and it's like, oh, even more time has passed because she's like, oh, we're leaving. I can't do this anymore. I'm taking the kids. He's like, kids? What are you talking about? Kids? Yeah. What do you mean the boys, Sherry? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean plural kids? <laughs> what do you mean two boys? Just one. She's like, uh, she's like me and our three sons. <laughs> three? <laughs> yeah, there's a third one now. The boss lives there now. Sherry. <laughs> 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 She's just like, all right, we're leaving now. Okay, Jerry, say goodbye to your dad. And Jerry's like, hey, dad, sorry it had to happen this way. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry it turned out like this. Tough break, dad. Anyway, so long. Yeah. Like, like again, like he's firing him. Like, "Uh, too bad it didn't work out. Uh, Well, I guess I'll see you later. (laughs) Oh, gee. We're switching to a seasonal father model. I see he slips here though. He says, I get, get you little monster, put your mother back on the phone. And then he's like, put my wife back on the phone, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So yeah, so so she hangs up on him. He ends up going home and the fucking whole house is cleared out. Yeah. They 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 vominos, dude. Yeah, it's like we're going to we're going to our, my sister's it turns out we're gonna clear the whole house out. Leave you with the kitchen table. (laughs) You can have the kitchen table in Jerry's dresser drawers. (laughs) Yeah, leave all his shit behind. He's walking through and Alex Murphy just walked into him. He's like, oh, wait, am I in the right? (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to disturb you, Mr. Robocop. (laughs) Crossover. (laughs) Oh, my God, I love it. It's it's pretty much, it's the same scene. Yeah, basically. Except we don't have, like, the, uh, you know, the the Robocop display. Wrong house. (laughs) Bye. He has a hallucination first of, like, his wife... And Jerry, like, at the table. Making fun of him, basically. Yeah, she's like, your dad's a mean old fucking drunk. Ah, I'm glad I didn't have to steal this food we're gonna eat. And, and he's just like, I don't know. You know, again, the whole tirade of, I don't have a son named Jerry. And, uh, like, Chris said, he, like, goes up to the room. He's like, 
I don't, why is there, why is Jerry's shit still in this room? We'll get to it. There's a scene too of him clearing out like his, his clothes and everything. The only things he leaves are shirts that say his name all over it. And there's like a bunch of them. It, it, there's a dresser drawer with a sh- with shirts that all say Jerry on them, and then a picture of Jerry, and then a bottle of fucking booze <laughs> in this kid's dresser drawer. Yeah, that's a weird kid. <laughs> Jerry doesn't exist! He he does not wait at all to crack this bottle open either. Oh no, man. He, he goes full toe boogie with that fucking thing and just downs it. And he gets fucking hammered in his son's twin bed. <laughs> In Jerry's twin bed. He's like fucking six sizes too big for this thing. And I don't think this is the first time this has happened. No. Uh, No. His hair's gone full Hayachi. (laughs) It's like standing up totally at this point. It's like, uh, just another Wednesday night. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to get blackout drunk in the kids' room. Waste not, want not, Jerry. (laughs) I'll drink to that. (laughs) (laughs) He pulls out and like he's just shit-faced and there's bottles like all over the fucking room. And uh, and then we just hard cut back to the real estate agency and we see his boss all happy and shit again, just like the opening of the f- uh, of the show. Um, and he like he's got, he like puts the phone back on the hook because he was eavesdropping. He pours two fucking glasses of whiskey. He's got a big cigar hanging out of his mouth. And you hear this new dude, Roger, uh, wrapping up a deal uh, uh, just like in the beginning. So it's like it's like replaying like the, the same events. Different dude, though. And he's like, here you go, kiddo. That that's amazing. Yeah, you could borrow the car tomorrow. Here, have a drink. And he's like, eh, no, I'm good. Uh, um, I'm recovering alcoholic too, as well as the other guy you hired before me. <laughs> and uh, again, it's that weird thing where like the boss like has two drinks. He drinks the whole glass and then puts it down on the dude's desk and then drinks the other glass. And and again, it's just like, well, why did why did he do that? You know what I mean? Well, we're we're gonna get to it. <laughs> so uh he's on his way out again and and uh you hear a little kid say hey have you seen my dad roger steed and he's like uh, right through there kiddo jerry rolls up on his fuck on roger and he's like hey dad i came to get you and he just smiles at him and the guy's like what the fuck now i uh, this guy it's probably not the same actor but i'm gonna make a weird connection because again even though this isn't technically movie dumpster prime let's call it sure this is still in the mdu yes uh, there's a character in seinfeld in the serenity now episode when george is competing with this guy to, for, to sell computers anyway if you know what i'm talking about you know the episode he looks exactly like that guy who's a recovering alcoholic and he's crazy and just got out of a fucking mental institution so i can only imagine that he was put there because of jerry you think so that's what i'm th- that's what i'm saying in the mdu that's for sure it, it connects it, it totally connects and it even overlaps further once we get to jerry stiller um in this series oh god he's in here yes it's it all comes together (laughs) it's me jerry i've evolved (laughs) it's me jerry stiller the jerry stiller episode is like one of the the iconic like the most iconic ones oh yeah man oh man i'm looking forward to it it's coming up it's coming up soon but anyway just wanted to throw that uh theory out there to you guys all right so i guess this is the part where we kind of talk about this episode and kind of what it means um so when i watch this uh, again just like the first just like the first episode i never watched it like analyzing it uh so this has been interesting um this has a lot to say with like the struggles for like addicts and like the family dynamic there and it's pretty dark for the most part um and then it kind of evolves into this weird uh supernatural kind of again like twilight zoney kind of 
um, episode. And it's like, you know, was this guy just drunk already and like imagining everything? You know, did his did his did his did his family leave him already? You know what I mean? And then he just kind of spiraled out of control again. Or, you know, what do you guys think? If you remove the supernatural twist at the end, you could totally accept this as like, no, he's just a drunken asshole who's been that way ever since. Or like, you know, never really changed. And this is all in his head. And keeps like relapsing, right? Which is fucking depressing. Yeah. Um. Uh. But it is kind of like it's but I totally agree with you, though. It, it's it's very dark. Um. The, the supernatural thing kind of takes me out of it. <laughs> Uh, I kind of love it only because like, or, or you could go down that other route, right? Like we've been kind of hinting at where like Jerry's some kind of fucking interdimensional demon that ruins people's lives. Well, that's where I was going to come in because I think it's like a combination thing. And I think I, it sounded like Chris is maybe going to give us the breakdown on this. But my thought is, okay, this, this guy hires people that are struggling at, you know, recovering alcoholics, whether he's some kind of demon or, or, uh, interdimensional creature, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, one of the men in black, let's say, Dan Aykroyd, we're not talking about that, those men in black, but kinda. Uh, and then he has that that drink trick, and when they don't accept the drink, he brings fucking Jerry in. It's like a lose-lose for these guys. If they take the drink, they're back, you know, they're off the wagon, but if they don't take it, their life's totally fucking ruined anyway, so it's like, the you know... I, I don't know. Maybe it is kind of like an energy vampire thing where these these kind of monsters or demons or whatever they are, are are doing this to them for a purpose. Or maybe it's just like a Loki kind of thing where it's like they're just fucking with these people because they fucked up their lives and they made their families go through shit. It's their own personal hell. Exactly. I don't know. That's the way I like to look at it. And uh, like the fun part of this is because nothing's really overtly explained – it just kind of lets your imagination run wild with it. And I think that's like really the best part about this episode. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's why it's it's one of the best ones, to, especially from the first season. And again, like, are, the, are they really taking the drink? You know what I mean? Like when he puts it down and he has that weird, awkward pause and you see the guy drink both drinks. Is Alan taking that drink? Is that guy Roger mm. taking the drink, you know? Right. I had a, I had a head theory that like, or head can theory that like, makes this, you know, this this booze covenant, uh, whatever it is. <laughs> and then, like, like it, I thought, like, maybe every time that dude takes a drink, it gets Jerry, not Jerry, the dad drunk. Like, it's just this weird kind of, like, you know, it's like weird voodoo. I was thinking that too, Connor. Oh, weird. I kind of like that theory. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that. It, it makes sense. It's like, you know, uh, there's nothing in the episode saying it. it's not, you know? Show him drinking those glasses both time, and that's the, that's the official start of when all the shit, like, tumbles down. So yeah, like this guy's at home. He's like, "Well, let's make a bad decision for another man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like. I know that he's a recovering alcoholic, but I'm just gonna look at him and be like, "Hey, you want some of this or what?" Uh, his name's His name's uh, Brad, by the way. The boss, the Bradster, the Bradster. It's always the fucking Bradsters, man. Fucking shit up. But yeah, th- uh, uh, this this episode's like super well written, and this is one of those those flexes where it was like, okay, let's do a psychological horror and not. I mean, how much this couldn't have cost a lot. There's no special effects there really at all. There's like light makeup on on uh, on Alan, uh, like when he gets all disheveled and shit. It's like a fucking pirate beard or like a prisoner beard you put on for Halloween, but like it totally works. A Frank Castle beard. Yeah. Oh, totally. It's painted on. Yeah. Even the sets. It's only what like three or four rooms. Yeah. If that. Yeah. It's like the kitchen, Jerry's room, and and the uh, the office. 
And the only the only set that's really like dressed in a particular way is Jerry's room because it has that very uh, you know what's the word for it? It's very intentional, I would say, the way that that room is laid out. Oh yeah, all the Jupiter posters and like the space shit. Yeah, and like yeah. Any kid in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very, very, uh, I guess the word I'm looking for, it's almost like a pentagon, the room, the shape of it. Oh, kind of, it's like a, it's like a triangle or a square, I think. It has an odd shape to it. I can't think of the exact right word for it, but I think that's super intentional. All right, here's where we go off the deep end with the theories. <laughs> so the, so by the, with a pentagon, it implies... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, it's in the shape of a triangle, which is just like the pyramid on the dollar bill that has the all-seeing eye, which is connected to the Illuminati... Um, and of course, uh, Alan was a lizard person the entire time. He's from the hollow earth. <laughs> the five sides of the Pentagon and the five letters in Jerry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's implied that that's Jerry's room. It adds up. Yeah. It's, uh, that's official. So he's a, he walks between dimensions <laughs> and fucks people's <laughs> lives up. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> so, um, so, I mean, while we're still talking about the, uh, you know, the theories and everything, um, so, just a quick browse through the IMDb page. Um, there's like lists of all these different theories people have come up with. And the fun part is that Laurel Productions, they've never confirmed like which are true and which are like. Oh, true. man. So even they know that it's kind of a weird episode and they're just letting people just run wild with the ideas. That's awesome. I like that kind of stuff. I always go back. Obviously, it's a way more recent thing, but like Inception, the way that movie ends is just like, I like to believe that it. He's awake, but you could totally make the argument that, well, you know, you don't know. Yeah, it's just like whatever you want to, you know, whatever you felt was, uh, you know, how it ended or how it all made sense. It's like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, those are the best. Those are the best stories, though. Even the pilot, though, if you think about that, you know, talk about in this series that we've watched so far, like there's no reason why that (laughs) witch shows up at the end of that episode. It's just like, fuck there. Yeah, fuck this old guy. Like he gets what he he gets his comeuppance. It's just for oogie boogie effect, like hot, scary stuff. Right. But it's a little like the thing with this episode is like it's it's like reverse, right? Because you think this guy hasn't done anything bad. Right. And, and he but he we come to find out he has. And then like maybe this is his comeuppance. Exactly. But yeah, uh, great. Really, really excellent writing um, in this episode. And uh, it's creepy and totally effective and, and works really well. Yeah. And this is a great start for like the first official episode of Tales from the Dark Side. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like we covered in the last one, that was the pilot, but this is the first one they actually like led with. Yeah, this is the syndication technically first episode, yeah. Yeah. This is definitely a better first episode. Like that that first one we watched was very good, but this is a better number one to get you in for sure. Yeah, it makes you think for sure, you know what I mean? I mean, we just talked about it for double the runtime, so I think uh, <laughs> it did its job. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So yeah, hope you enjoyed uh, this episode of Talks from the Dark Side, and we got some more coming at you. Again, we're going through that whole series. So until next time, I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor, Jerry's real dad, McGraw. I'm Chris Barr. I'm Jerry, Dad. Hi. The dark side is always there, waiting for us to enter, waiting to enter us. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight. <laughs>